Put knowledge to work and grow your business with CIT. From transportation to healthcare to manufacturing, CIT offers commercial lending, leasing, and treasury management services for small and middle market businesses. Learn more at CIT.com. Put knowledge to work. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Odd Lots podcast. I'm Joe Weisenthal, Managing Editor at Bloomberg Markets. And I'm Tracy Alloway, Executive Editor at Bloomberg Markets. Tracy, I'm so excited about today's episode. I, I probably always say that, that I'm excited, but this episode is kind of on a li- slightly more offbeat subject, not really anything specifically to do with economics or markets, but about something about which something I'm very passionate about. And there is a business angle. And uh, do you know what it's about? Uh, it's it's chess, right? That's You're right. Really into chess. Finally, we're doing an episode of Odd Lots about chess. And of course, chess is a game. <laughs> I'm an avid chess player. You wouldn't necessarily think there is a finance or markets angle, but there is in New York City a chess business. There's um, a place that I love. It's in the village. It's called the Chess Forum. And they right. sell chess books and chess boards. And you can go there and for a few dollars an hour play chess. On They have all these boards set up. And so you could just go there and find a game and just play chess all night. And it's this magical place in New York City. So I remember this place. It was actually really close to my old apartment in New York. And I remember walking past it. And uh, I must confess, I never went there because I'm not a big chess player but it looked really really interesting it's one of these things that seems like kind of old new york and it's cool that it still exists it's just like it's almost too cool to exist because at a time when more and more things are like high-end restaurants or banks or other stuff it's cool that there is this piece of real estate devoted to playing chess and today i'm really excited we have the founder of the chess forum and the owner iman hashan He founded it in the mid-90s, and he is going to be our guest today. And we're going to be talking about the business of running a chess store in New York City. Fantastic. I'm really curious to see how an old-school place like that uh, manages to survive. Me too. So let's get started. Iman, thank you very much for joining us here in the studio. Thank you. So, uh, Iman, tell us, how did you... Tell us, how did the chess forum begin? How did you found this uh, chess shop, and what is it? Uh, it's uh, many things, uh, whatever you want to make of it. It's a, as a business, it's a chess store that uh, relies on selling chess equipment and other classic games, backgammon, the Japanese game of Go, uh, checkers, dominoes, scrabble, cribbage, even mahjong. Uh, at the same time, I see it as partially a community service place. Right where I believe in that kind of thing where you have to give, if not as much as you can, back to the community that you live or exist in, whether the local neighborhood or the bigger city itself. And you founded it, what year was it, 1994? 1995, actually. And so you founded it in 1995. What were you doing before that? Before that, I was a student at NYU. I was doing a PhD in comparative religion. And how did you have the idea to... Why did you? How did you come up with the idea of launching a chess shop? It's uh, it's its own story, actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Maybe you are too young for that time. There was another store on the same block, and I worked there part time. And 
developed into a manager and a partner. Mm-hmm. And as you might imagine, in the world of business, not a lot of partnerships uh, in the happy ending. Right. Isn't that the cliche, the only ship that doesn't float, the partnership, right? Uh, so I you, believe that. So you had a split with the owner of that other chess shop? Uh, just one day, it was a... One of those deals I was at the time when I entered the partnership in my early 20s and went really on trust. Wait, wait, wait. I remember reading a little bit about this at the time. There were news articles saying that there was this massive chess feud, basically, yeah. in the village between the two chess shops, right? That's a civil war that split Thompson Street. Right. <laughs> And does the other one still exist? It doesn't exist anymore. So you won out? Uh, if it's a win, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about running the business. Um, you sell books, you sell boards of different games, as you said, and you also rent out uh, tables, essentially, for people to come and play chess. So how does the business work? It's the same old uh, model of a store that uh, one side of it is... Uh, a business relies on selling equipment, and the other side is uh, sort of a cafe, if you want, where we offer soft drinks and tables for people to play uh, chess or any other game, the old classic games that uh, they might like, especially backgammon. And uh, so you've been doing it for over, tw- you've been doing it, I guess, over 20 years now. Um, what trends have you seen? Does chess remain popular? Was there a time when it was more popular than now? Do people come in at the same levels? Uh, that part, I mean, uh, this game has two aspects to it. There is a functional, practical aspect, and there is a aesthetic aspect. The functional aspect is practically wiped out by the Internet. Mm. Now, almost everybody plays online. Right. Uh, or in the beginning, it was software. Right. Uh, now, it's just directly playing the engines are directly online or they come with your own phone or your own computer. So that part has uh, weakened drastically. The trend is that mostly we see uh, senior citizens, two groups that are too late or too early for technology, Ah. either senior citizens in their 90s or children four or five years old. These are sort of the loyal clientele. Anywhere in between is... uh, practically gone, the one you see. They're all doing it online. You see them in the streets staring in their phones or uh, tablets. At night, uh, it's more popular with uh, couples. So now we have at night like sort of a dating scene. Oh, people go on dates and play together. Sounds like a nice date, actually. That's nice. I like that. That's a good date idea. Yeah. So what's the split in revenue like between sales of actual chess-related items and the payments you receive for letting people play chess in the store and for selling drinks and that sort of thing? It's really, I don't know if there will be a split. Uh, as I said, the playing part is more of a service than it's a business. Mm. So the I business mean, is really on the selling stuff. Yeah, we, I mean, we charge senior citizens $1 an hour. Got it. Uh, children play free all the time. They or whoever plays with them, their family, they don't pay if there's a child playing. That area of Manhattan is really sort of a mecca for chess because in addition to the old chess shop that you put out of business, it's right near Washington Square Park, which has a pretty thriving chess community there, right? Yes, it's mostly really rotates around the park and Union Square has a 24-hour scene. Who are, uh, have you, what kind of uh, big-name chess players have you had come in and play chess on the forum? I mean, we had that... Uh... I forget his name, but last name, Leko, a Hungarian grandmaster. 
Oh, Peter Lecco, I think? Peter Lecco. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I don't know if it counts, but uh, Fabiano Caruana. Oh, Caruana, he's like the hottest thing right now. He's he's American, right? He's uh, Italian, oh, born Italian. in America. Italian, born in America. Yes. And he's even playing better than Magnus Carlsen these I days, I think right? he's the future of chess. Yeah. And he started that chess forum. He started a chess so, forum? Has he come hmm. back since he's become famous? Uh, we haven't seen him since. I oh. think he just moved back to the U.S., like a few, almost a few months ago. He started at four. I remember his father came and asked for a chess teacher. So it's like a classic Bobby Fischer style story of uh, uh, some young, some young prodigy looking, parents looking I mean, for a teacher. At that time, it's amazing. Well, you don't know just what as like any parent would think what you offer your kids. It's the opportunities you, you offer. Do you see that a lot of parents imagining they, their ch- children chose an interest in chess and these parents sort of fantasize that their kids are going to be the next Bobby Fischer and they're convinced that their child is a prodigy? That's a constant thing. <laughs> and not always a happy thing. Right, I imagine not. Wait, so the reason that children get to play for free at the chess forum is because you're trying, presumably, to nurture a whole other generation of chess fans and future customers, right? Uh, exactly. When I started, I realized as a business, even in its heyday, it's a very small business. It's really negligible if you want to talk about economy and numbers. There is nothing there. There is no product. At the same time, there is no clientele. <laughs> so you had to work on both. I had to mm. widen my selection just to widen the appeal. At the same time, I had to find to create the customer, thinking that almost I would, I would say like an agricultural way of thinking, not a oh, commercial way of thinking. Like you plant a tree, yeah, and you eat the fruit maybe twenty years later. Ah, I like I like that. That was my reasoning: is that we need almost like they used to do in Russia to spread the game amongst the population, ho- hoping for two things: expand the market, and second, maybe out of that population, the ratio becomes higher of creating uh, a world champion, or if not, uh, a larger number of grandmasters. Before you got into the chess business, what did you think you were going to do? What did you study for? What did you think you were going to do? The whole idea was maybe becoming a professor, like a university teacher of some sort. That was the plan. It took my family a lot of time to accept the idea of (laughs) becoming uh, what this was, a shopkeeper. And do you get to play much? Not that often. I would love to play more, but uh, I've noticed, uh, first of all, I have like maybe myself a Addictive personality, so I try to... Me too. Use. And chess, as you know, as a player, you know yourself that if you sit to play, you don't want to do anything else. Right. And I have a room full of people like that, very smart, very intelligent, very funny, well-educated, but they don't want to do anything else practically. The game hmm. takes over your life. It's really the closest thing to being uh, a bartender who drinks his own alcohol. Right. Have you seen people's lives get ruined by chess? I've seen quite a few, sadly, like, uh, in a very unfortunate, very sad way. Marriages destroyed, uh, families broken up, uh, jobs and careers lost just by the magic or the curse or the power of the chessboard. It has its own draw. Incredible. On that note, let's take a very quick break for a word from our sponsor. Put knowledge to work and grow your business with CIT. 
From transportation to healthcare to manufacturing, CIT offers commercial lending, leasing, and treasury management services for small and middle market businesses. Learn more at CIT.com. Put knowledge to work. And we're back with Iman Khashan, uh, the founder and owner of the Chess Forum, this wonderful chess shop in the village in Manhattan. And right before the break, you were talking about how you've seen chess and the magic and the power of the chessboard. Uh, people get so engrossed in it that it, it ruins their lives, it ruins their families. What is it about chess? After all these years, computers have long surpassed human ability in terms of ability to, um, you know, hu- or computers are clearly better than us now that still gravitate, uh, people are still gravitated to it. Why do you think this game in particular just draws people in? I think the best way to express it is that parable or story of the man or the farmer who did the king a service and the king in return offered him any price that he wants. Mm. So he humbly said, I'll just take a coin or some people say uh, one piece of wheat and put it on the square of a chessboard. And as we move square to square, just double that number. The story goes to say by the end, he owned practically half the kingdom. So this just the idea is that the possibilities. Right. No two games are the same. Uh, that's why it's difficult to memorize games. Right, because even grandmaster play, like even with these openings that have been studied to death, often by, say, move 12 or 13, they're in completely uncharted territory that have never been seen before, right? Yeah, it's totally, again, like you start and you don't know where... I, I liken it the similarity to life. There is no guessing where your day will take you. No right. guessing where your move will lead. That's, I think, sometimes why they like heavy pieces, just to give a weight. What mm. I like to teach the younger players or the kids is that this game is a game of life in the sense of consequences. Don't make a move lightly. Right. On it depends the course of a game, the difference between a win, a lose, or a draw. So you both are waxing lyrical about <laughs> the the allure of chess, um, especially played against a, a physical opponent who's actually there in the room with you. Why are people... Um, playing so much chess online, it seems like it would lose a little bit of the um, the romance and the fun of, of actually playing in real life. I mean, maybe uh, it's an understatement to say a little bit lose the romance. <laughs> it's totally gone. It's as much as uh, of a romance as uh, maybe dating a computer screen. <laughs> right. uh, I notice when people come to us, first of all, why? It's because it's convenient. Mm. There is no more, like anything, ordering food or going to the restaurant to shop or to the supermarket, and it's coming to your house. You gain time, you save money, and you have the whole world now. I mean, that's what technology did. What used to involve you a trip all the way from Jersey or Queens to Chess Forum, now is just in the palm of your hand. You have the player, you have the pieces, the board, and the clock, and you can even trash talk now. (laughs) Uh, so let's talk. Let's go back. Um, you know, I'm, I like playing at the chess forum. I also like playing at Washington Square Park. And people play for money often. Um, I don't want you to have to like admit if there's gambling ever going on in your establishment. But do you think that um, you know that adds to the thrill of it? The idea that there might be five or ten dollars on the line in a game, or do you think that takes away from the game? 
it depends how you look at it. If some people are playing the five or ten dollars for the thrill, yeah. I think it would be fun. Yeah. But uh, the unfun part that sometimes we have uh, to come across is those who do that to make a living. Yeah. So it's a much more desperate game. Right. Difference between, as somebody told in the park, uh, a player like he won from him thirty dollars. He said, "This this is really my food money." Yeah. So it's a big diff- So that's when there is a chance of a clash. Right. Right. Even physical. Yeah. Because you are fighting for your livelihood. Do you? Uh, prohibit people playing for money in the chess forum? Yeah, yeah this is, yeah. I mean, it's really, I have to say, it's uh, it's been, it's, uh, like everything has good and bad sides. It, it's very quiet and calm and peaceful. Right. But it's much less of a crowd. If you yeah. want, you could fill a whole auditorium with gamblers. Yeah. But then, uh, basically, you have to have uh, 911 on speed dial. So... <laughs> On the business side, I imagine you've seen the rent go up quite a bit. I mean, you're in a very trendy part of Manhattan. Yes. Has that been difficult? It's been, like, I think uh, what's been a little bit more difficult than the rent is uh, a new thing that's been introduced a few years ago, uh, real estate tax. Hmm. That's something that's it's almost practically like another rent. Huh. That when I first took the place, there was no such thing, something very minimal. Now you practically pay a large chunk of the real estate tax, and that's really a big burden that makes life or making ends meet a little bit or not a little bit much more difficult. Have you been able to increase prices on boards and books to match the I mean, increase in cost? To begin, I really like almost a lot of things are the same price like 1995. Wow. So you're really under pressure on two fronts, right? Because not only are you getting digital pressure from the internet, uh, from people playing chess online, but you must also be under pressure from sites like Amazon in terms of selling chess books and equipment. And that, yeah, oh, definitely, that's in terms of play and uh, measure. Now, I think there are hundreds of thousands of sites who sell that particular item and maybe everything else. I've seen even a site where the man sells... Uh, chess boards and the wife sells uh, like underwear for women. That's a site that exists? That's, I saw that. A site. What a world. What a world. It's a natural <laughs> pairing, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Everyone <laughs> went after their interest. But uh, yeah, now it's everyone in this... Uh, in a way, there's an element of democratization or equalization that uh, everybody has a chance to do anything they want. But uh, I find it took really the romance of life in general. Will the uh, will the chess forum be here in ten years? Uh, that's the hope, really. Like yeah. I mean, this is would be an, an amazing achievement if we're able to do it. Just I, really, I would I say like I like if we ever have to leave, I would like to stay for another hundred years. And I, I cannot see a city like New York without a place like this. I agree. To me, it's one of the quintessential New York establishments. And as I was saying in the um, in the beginning, it's almost too good to exist because it's so cool and I think New York would be worse without it. Before we wrap up, do you have any sort of um, highlight of your time running the chess forum that was sort of to you one of the, you know, it doesn't sound like it's been extraordinarily financially rewarding, but was there a great story that to you tells you like why it's been so worth it to keep it going? I mean, besides uh, Fabiano's story, yeah. but every every day by itself. For me, the as I said, like my example of business isn't something you teach in business school. Right. What I do isn't the fact that I try to run a business on goodwill, 
that if you give, don't be afraid, it will come back somehow. The fact that we are open to me is a miracle. And has it come back? It's the fact that we are open is the proof that it comes back. Well, I mean, fair. you look at numbers, they don't make sense. But <laughs> how is it open? If anybody believes it, that's why I say you cannot teach it in business school. But have faith or hope that do the right thing. Look out for people and people will look out for you somehow. I mean, it would be nice if there is a system that this is more of a cultural institution yeah. at this stage, not a business. Well, Iman Khashan, that's a, such a refreshing thing to hear because obviously we talk about finance all day and nobody says anything like that. So it was an <laughs> absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and learning about your business. I mean, that's a final thing. Seeing sitting behind in the store and seeing people, business people, children, all kinds, tourists who are amazed that from Europe who play mere chess but are amazed it exists in New York. Mm-hmm. I feel that New York has the hype and delivers. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing special. But I couldn't agree more. The people looking slowly through the windows at the sets with that innocent, pure smile. Yeah. There is no money in it. There is no interest. There is no anything gained back and forth. Just for a second or two, you put a smile on somebody's face before they go back to their real life. I think this is my best uh, reward every day. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And obviously, to anyone who's listening to the Odd Lots podcast, if you're in New York or uh, visiting New York, I highly endorse checking out the Chess Forum. It's on uh, Thompson Street. Thank you so much. Well, Tracy, I love chess, obviously, but what did you think about it? Because I I thought that was great, but I'm curious to get your perspective. So, all right, I admit I'm frustrated with chess, mostly because whenever I try to play it with my husband, he tries fool's mate on me, and, like, I fall for it 50% of the time. Are you serious? You fall for fool's mate? I'm a terrible, terrible chess player, but... After listening to that, I feel kind of bad. I feel like when I was in New York, I probably should have gone to the chess forum at least a couple times and uh, tried to hone my game a little bit more. You really have no excuse for getting duped by fools, mate. I know. I hate to say that, well, I was going to say we should play online sometime, but (laughs) after that discussion, I don't think uh, we should. I loved that discussion. I thought that he captured the appeal of chess and the appeal of running a place like the Chess Forum perfectly. And while I still live in New York and I'm not planning on moving anytime soon, I'm now going to make it a commitment to go there more often. You know what I found really interesting was just the discussion about all the pressures brought to bear by the internet and everything kind of moving online. Because obviously in business and markets, we talk a lot about big companies like Amazon, uh, new upstarts like Airbnb, and all the pressures they brought to bear on traditional players. And I think sometimes we forget that traditional brick and mortar stores like the Chess Forum are providing a service for these big guys, right? Like That's how our guest was true. talking about nurturing a new generation of chess players. Well, like what he said, like the ability to say for a tourist or a family to be able to walk down the street and have their children look into a shop window and see a chess mm. set is a legit positive public good. I mean, even if you don't buy anything, it's cool to like window shop. And so to think about all the places that offer that to think about them all potentially going away strikes me as a genuine loss of a good good even if from a strictly commercial stance you can get a better or more efficient deal online yeah i think that's right 
All right, Tracy. Well, it was great chatting with you. And thank you to everyone for listening to Odd Lots. Uh, I'm Joe Weisenthal. You can follow me on Twitter at The Stalwart. And I'm Tracy Alloway. I'm on Twitter at Tracy Alloway. Thanks for listening. Put knowledge to work and grow your business with CIT. From transportation to healthcare to manufacturing, CIT offers commercial lending, leasing, and treasury management services for small and middle market businesses. Learn more at CIT.com. Put knowledge to work.